All those comics, all the games, all those toys, all the TV, the animation. Just give us, just give us one hour and 45 minutes and we will give you everything more. Hello, Marvelites. Uh, Welcome to This Week in Marvel, episode number 232. I'm, I'm Ryan Panagos, Vice President and Executive Editor for Marvel Digital, a.k.a. Marvel's Agent M, joined by... Ben Morse, Editorial Director of Digital Media for Marvel. Joined by Jesse Quinn. I am the edit- digital media editorial. Editor. You had your title, you had your intro locked in our first take. Well, I said, I think I just said editorial intern, but I think it's I'm digital media. Well, you're editorial. definitely digital media. Yeah, yeah. otherwise, that's what it here, says. You goons. Hey, I'll only I can be mock mean to her. Right. Um, so we recorded this, and by we, Jesse and I recorded not me a first pass at this uh, on Thursday of this week after I did about five hours, maybe more of shooting video. Mm. So I was crazy and tired. And, and you corrupted the file. The file craziness. was just it didn't work. Pyle said, we ain't cooperating with your madness, fool. Yeah, so we went to record the second half of this episode today, and so now we have to record the whole thing today. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of a speed through, uh, simply because it is currently 4.40 on Friday afternoon, and we want to make sure you guys have this for the weekend. Also, we want to leave at some point. Oh, I'm going to be here late, Okay. so that's life, Uh, but let's roll right into it. Oh, well... First things first. Uh, hashtag is this week in Marvel. Uh, hashtag for our reading clubs is twimurc. T-W-I-M-U-R-C. Our email address is twimpodcast at marvel.com. And if you've never listened to us before, if you're just Boy, joining us, I'm so sorry. This is not the best episode to join in on. Or what maybe it, it will we be. We don't know We yet. don't know. Yeah, don't say that. Uh, we're going to go through all the new comics out this week. Print, digital, single issues, collections. We're going to talk about news. Then we're going to get to uh, your questions and comments about our reading club selection of new warriors. So all that. Uh, we're going to try and do it speedily. Speedily. Our new video editor, Jason Latour, says speeding when he's recording, when he's rolling. He says speeding. Okay. And so that caught me off guard. Why does he say that? Because that's just who he is. Is that lingo? It must be. Yes, it is. Some inside, sort. Insider lingo. Yes. Uh, it be, isn't it like sound speed is what, you, is what it's called usually? But it's not. I don't know. Whatever. He just says yeah. speeding. Speeding, I think, has to do with sound. Wow. Well, someone, aren't you? wearing their glasses today. <laughs> she really is. She literally is wearing glasses for some reason. Okay. Uh, all right. First issue we're going to talk about this week is Black Panther number one. Urono. Urono? Numero uno. Oh. Yeah. It's Latin for... The Beast. The number one. Oh. Uh, so a cool design. Oh, uh, yeah. So first up, this has a really great design by Manny Medeiros, and uh, it's written by ta Coates, art by Brian Stelfreeze, colors by Laura Martin. Uh, it's the first part of this, this series, this story, and it is on fire. It is uh, all about T'Challa going back to Wakanda, and things are crazy. Things ain't good. No, we get to see uh, enemies from within, without. We get to see some crazy drama within, uh, you know, the the higher echelon of royalty, the Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje? Dora Milaje. Milaje. 
Milaj. Milaj. Uh, we get to see awesome tech and cool stuff that Black Panther does, which is going to be something I imagine we're going to see lots of. Um, Tanahasi is an acclaimed and famed writer. Uh, he what did he get the National Book Award, he's a, he's Genius, genius. Grants, uh, and he's a longtime hardcore comic book nerd. So this has been in the works for a while, highly anticipated, and it delivers on so many fronts. And Brian Stelfreeze is a legend in the comics community. Uh, there's really cool stuff. Shout out! Did you notice that TJ? Yes, Deech? I did notice that TJ Deech was in the back of that book. Yeah. I I facilitated that. It's great. It's a sketchbook from Brian Stelfreeze with some of his uh, concepts and designs for the it's series. Originally ran on Marvel.com. Yeah, so it's really cool to see that repurposed here. Uh, and it's a lot of great background material. This book is jam-packed with so much material. Uh, very, very exciting, and it's you know a great way to uh, really launch into the 50th anniversary of Black Panther. Black Panther. How about Black Widow from Chris Somney, Mark Wade, Chris Somney on art and Matt Wilson on colors. The last issue, the first issue of Black Widow, we saw her stealing something from a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier and being basically just an enemy of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we're kind of like, what? It was just an issue of her on the run. Like she was doing ballet in the sky, I believe was the line. Ballet in the sky. So this issue, we flash back one week to a funeral of a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent where Maria Hill and another S.H.I.E.L.D. agent are talking about the Black Widow who, unbeknownst to them possibly, is taking out via her sniping rifle um, and other means some new kidnicks who are who are raiding the funeral. So just like the first issue of this, you get to see Black Widow in a lot of action, a lot of Somni art conveying what's going on. But we get a lot more words this time as well. We get an evaluation of basically how S.H.I.E.L.D. feels about Black Widow and also Black Widow and her role um, in why she ends up doing what she did in the first issue. We get a new villain called the Weeping Lion He's pretty great so far. He seems to be more than a match for Natasha, uh, and he doesn't even lift a finger against her. Well, you know, let's see what happens if they have to go hand-to-hand. Yeah, well, that's what's interesting, is he's already scored a victory over her just through machinations, as some of the best villains do. We don't even know what kind of physical threat he poses yet. It's like he'd be very cool. I hope he has noodle arms. He could have noodle arms. That's something we have to be realistic about in this day and age. Two-page letters pages, awesome. Black Widow get it contest of champions number seven up next um i'll be honest with you we don't have the issue here it disappeared and uh i do know it's written by al ewing uh i apologize because i don't have the artist name in front of me but i remember that uh one of the characters it's not paco medina it's not paco guest artist yep um uh one of the plums Ooh. Whoa. Whoa, Jesse just Whoa, she just stepped to me hard. Yeah. I got a I also got a mouthful from Judy about how close we need to be to these microphones. Oh, all right. So it's, we gotta be up close. The J women in our life are really sticking it to us. Kind of, I guess. Um, and so in contest we get to see the death of one of the characters in the book. We get to see uh, Maestro with all his ISO eight, uh, being godly and omnipotent and jerky. Uh, we got Punisher 2099. We've got um, Outlaw. What's his outlaw. name? Is Outlaw right? Outlaw. Uh, there's some really great Outlaw stuff in Double here. Double your Punisher fun. There you go. And um, yeah, we get to see uh, the the destruction of a couple characters wields the or, or brings us to the introduction of some new gross villain things potentially. So it's pretty cool. 
Speaking of gross, Deadpool number nine is actually pretty gross. So that was actually a good segue. For oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So one of the things I remember from the first run through is Jessie does not do well with blood and gore. Oh. No. Did you show her Deadpool? Yeah. I definitely did. Oh, it's right. pretty gross for like a comic book, for comic book blood. It's like, yeah. well, it's, it's, it's also, right there with the fake blood in the movies that gets me. Yeah. <laughs> There's a part where he where Deadpool is holding his intestine. Yeah, it's really gross. What about the part where uh, oh. he scalps Sabretooth yeah, and he's like, like peeling <laughs> his forehead back? Yeah. Uh, needless to say, this is a book written by Jerry Duggan, art by Matteo Lully, um, colors by Ruth Redmond, who included plenty of red in terms of blood. It's red, right? Yes. Okay. You can't see it, it, I know. You can't see it. It's all what does it look like to you? Well, what, how would you best describe it? <laughs> Similar to, um, like, a gray? Yeah, it's, no, 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 no. I don't see in gray. It's just, like, red, green, and brown will all swap in my mind. So it could be any of those three colors at any given time. You're colorblind? Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. It's fascinating. That is fascinating. It's just another fascinating aspect of me. <laughs> so, in this issue, underneath this awesome, like, all-red cover that has Sabretooths going after Deadpool as if he were Pac-Man and Deadpool was one of the ghosts. Fantastic. I don't know if you've seen it yet. I want you to take a look. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> it's Deadpool versus Sabretooth, part two. Deadpool is after Sabretooth because he thinks he killed his parents. Spoiler alert, Deadpool actually killed his own parents, but he doesn't remember this yet. So he and Sabretooth just go at it hammer and tong, as Lord Alfred Hayes would say. In fact, they go at it sword and claw, just tearing each other apart. Like I said, Deadpool scalps Sabretooth. Sabretooth disembowels Deadpool. There's a school bus full of children involved at one point. That's way it goes. There's just, that's how violence happens in Canada. Yep. Um, there's another major X-Men character. There's some pretty deep Sabretooth stuff because you have to remember this is good guy Sabretooth now. Sabretooth with a heart of gold who wants to try... Kind of like a, a heart of like, I don't know. Golden adamantium. <laughs> like goldish. Yeah. Like golden grams. A heart of golden heart grams. Of, a heart of golden, Sabretooth with a heart of golden grams. Uh, thinking maybe, you know what, I can do something nice for Deadpool. I could do him a favor but Deadpool doesn't want to hear any of that. He's ready to do him some slashing and burning and destroying and there's another great all recover here in the back. You see this? Yeah, I did. Take a look at this. I, I'm looking right. at it. A lot of teeth. I like it. Uh, so we're up next with the Infinity Entity, number four. Uh, this, The Infinity Entity is the fourth part of the second story, which takes place between Thanos the Infinity Relativity and Thanos the Infinity Finale. Is that similar enough to the weird business I said yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it all kind of just sounds like it's just a bunch of words. Even, yeah. Even just that. It's just so many words. It is indeed a bunch of words. <laughs> a lot of words. Words strung together make sentences. It's correct. Uh, and so, sentences, when used right, makes paragraphs. Wow. Um, Jim Starlin wrote it. Alan Davis drew it. Mark Farmer inked it. Will Quintana colored it. And, uh, and we're all enjoying it. Yeah. So, Ben, I wanted to ask you, yes. and I actually asked you, but you weren't here yesterday. Okay. Who is Boltar, uh, an established character? I don't think so. Okay. Boltar. Although they sure treat him like he is an established character. Yeah. Boltar is this dude who has an iPad, whose special iPad can basically take control of Adam Warlock, who is omnipotent but can be controlled by an iPad. I love it. This book is bonkers. It's crazy. It's weirdly metaphysical and there's all kinds of like things and then when you get to figure out that someone may not be who you think they are and then all that starts unraveling, it's fantastic and it really it literally sends you right off into the next OGM. Our, 
longtime unseen favorite characters. I know. Yeah, a, a this week in Marvel favorite. A this week in Marvel gem. Yep. Another this week in Marvel gem: Invincible Iron Man number eight, written by Ryan Michael Bendis, art by Mike Diodato, color art by Frank Martin. Frank Martin. Yes, that's right. Uh, we have Iron Man in. Is he in Madripoor or Japan? Like, is he in actual Japan? He's in Japan. He's in Japan. He's in yeah. Tokyo. Tokyo is not in Madripoor. Nope. I like that Spider-Man in this issue actually says, my spider glow- my spider symbol glows now for some reason. Uh, yeah, that was... Because it's cracked me We've up. all been wondering it. Uh, Iron Man teams up with Spider-Man looking for War Machine, who has gone MIA in Tokyo. War Machine is being tormented by a new villain who is using aspects of his own armor against him. So we've got Rhodey kind of ducking and moving, trying to get away from... Bad guy and their ninja henchmen. Eventually, Spider Man and Iron Man crash in. Rhodey tries to warn them that this is a bad idea. They get the heck out of there and they don't get out of there in time. That stuff befalls them too. I really like this new villain. Uh, they're very cool. I don't want to say a lot about them because we don't know everything about them yet. But just the idea of using these superpowered armors and technology against other heroes, it, it's a neat idea. I wasn't paying much attention to you. Did you mm-hmm. talk about how uh, Rhodey fights a bunch of armor-clad ninjas in his boxer shorts? I did not mention that Rhodey is boxer short clad when uh, on the move from the ninjas. Uh, and there's a part where they're like, just stop him. What are you doing? How can he be doing this? And he's like, uh, Navy SEAL, Avenger. Um, in underwear. And something else in boxer shorts. And it's just like, yeah, yeah that's Rhodey, right. The man. Boom. It's great. Uh, all right. New Avengers number nine. This is written by Al Ewing, art by Marcus Toe, with colors by Dono Sanchez Armada. And it's the new character find of the year with American Kaiju. American Kaiju. Give us a little song, Jesse. No. Wow. <laughs> you guys have done enough. Wow. <laughs> and the American Kaiju is. He looks great. Is literally a giant. Uh, monster uh, with an American flag painted on him for some reason. I want to know if he has a kaiju bit of junk because he's just a human man with uh, he's just a human man with uh, a, like a cocktail of various super soldier like uh, with a things. cocktail of junk. <laughs> he doesn't have a cocktail of junk, although that would be a cocktail very interesting story. Junk. Uh, anyway, uh, he's this dude who gets turned into a giant monster and is going after the new Avengers who are on AIM Island. But uh, How about Rob- this? He's just a human dude who gets turned into a giant monster. <laughs> I mean, you're getting there. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Cocktail full of junk. <laughs> oh, boy. Cocktail full of junk. That's going to be the hashtag for this episode. Uh, but... Uh, American Kaiju is going to AIM Island to, uh, on behalf of the American military to stop the, stop AIM from doing all the things that they're doing. And then the head of AIM, uh, Sunspot, is like, I got this. He has Avenger 5, which is a giant robot, uh, very much in the vein of How are you where have you been Voltron or uh, like some of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger, like crazy, awesome, cool, big, giant robots. Uh, and he has it ready to fight American Kaiju. Next issue is going to be the bonkersness. The bonkers. Lest we forget, we also have Marvel Avengers Assemble Season 2, Civil War, issue number 2, adapted by Joe Caramagna, adapting the hit animated series. That's good stuff. Also good stuff, Old Man Logan number 4, written by Jeff Lemire, art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Marcelo Maiolo. 
at the end of the last issue, we had old man Steve Rogers show up to chat with old man Logan. Meanwhile, young girl Kate Bishop is also overseeing the proceedings. Uh, Steve tries to get to the bottom of who Logan is, where he's from, and Logan gets some truth upside the head, whether he wants it or not. We get these great double-page spreads by Sorrentino of old man Logan fighting old man Steve Rogers, which is honestly the perfect fight for both old men because they're evenly matched in terms of being old. They're Can you old. see what color those are? I can't. <laughs> I'm assuming it's red. There's a lot of red There's on that lot. page. It's like all red. She is I wanted red. to know if it was the opposite. <laughs> no, I, I, I caught this one as red. What is the opposite of red? Jesse? Yeah, um, what's the opposite? I need a color wheel. Oh. Mm, I don't know, what was your other? It's red, green. Red, green, brown. Red, green, brown, color line. Yeah, that's one like way green, color line. probably. Yeah, it's not green. I can see that it's red. Also, it's, it's shaped like, like an invert. It's shaped like a maple leaf, so I'm assuming that it's red. Oh, I never, I didn't realize that it was shaped like the maple leaf. Yeah, it's shaped like a maple leaf. He's, you know, Wolverine, Canadian. And Jeff Lemire, Canadian. Jeff Lemire, also a proud Canadian. Anyways, they fight, (laughs) and they get to a certain point where Steve Rogers shows a big MacGuffin reveal to old man Logan that changes everything he thought about his mission, about why he is where he's at. And then we see a scene from Extraordinary X-Men recreated, which brings a close this first arc of Old Man Logan with the second arc ready to be unleashed next issue. And boy, am I excited. Yeah. All right. Uh, talking about excited, we've got Poe Dameron, number one, written by Charles Soule, art by Phil Noto. And uh, this is the story. This this arc is the story. <laughs> this is the story of how Poe gets to the point where you meet him first in Star Wars The Force Awakens. Jesse, since we talked yesterday on the episode that people won't hear, have you watched The Force Awakens? I knew you were going to ask me that. No, but it is in my plans this weekend. Oh, yeah? yeah. I did think about it because I want to have, like, a movie day. Yeah? What else are you going to watch? Um, I really want to watch Zoolander again because I haven't seen it in a very, very, very long time. The first time. one? Yeah, because yeah, I, I love haven't seen Zoolander. the second one. And I want to see the second one, but I was like, I you got it. Yeah, it's a heavy I need to like refresh on the yeah, first yeah. 100%. one. Yeah, 100%. You need sure to remember. It's heavy on continuity. Yeah. So you want to make sure exactly. you're not all caught up. Exactly. Yeah, but good move. Bad things about Zoolander number two. You know, so I, I feel like it's. I haven't been excited to I feel see like it. it's, it's one of those movies that if you love the first one, you're probably going to enjoy a lot of bits of the second one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's funny either way. Yeah. Like the ads alone. Are so Zoolander, Zoolander, Star Wars. I don't know what else yet. I haven't gotten that far. Wow, that's a, that's a day. That's uh, yeah, yeah, that's a little small part of a day. That's like four hours. Maybe this is where you introduce yourselves to one Bill and Ted. Yeah. And their excellent adventure. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. She's definitely not going to watch that. Nope. No chance. All right. Anyway, so we've got how you find out where this is the story of getting. Poe to the beginning of Force Awakens. We get to learn a character's name, which I don't believe we knew in The Force Awakens. We get to see General Princess Leia. We get to see the Black Squadron, which is Poe's running crew. Yep, including Greg Grunberg. Yeah, Snap Wexley. That's, yeah. Sure. S- Snap Wexley. That's his name. That's his name. Uh, I just called him Greg Grunberg when I was reading. Well, I mean, that's that's the character, that's the actor who plays him in the movie. If you say so. Okay. Uh there's everybody's uh, favorite makeout guy, uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah. The number of people who want to make <laughs> out with Oscar Isaac. Makeout guy. Yeah, I I've seen so many people like with heart emojis for this man. Mm. Uh, can't deny it. It's That's fine. That's a good nickname, makeout guy. Makeout guy. He's like yeah. a real life gambit. You you shut your whore mouth. <laughs> oh wow! I will broke. debut that scene on. This. <laughs> Is that in the first one? No, uh, I would only say that to you, Ben. <laughs> uh, and. 
Uh, man, putting gamut in my head when I'm talking about the wonder that is Oscar Isaac is terrible. Uh, our backup story in this is an amazingly adorable story oh, about so BB-8, who um, is basically playing Cupid in this story, and it's really cute, and it's by Chris Eliopoulos with Jordi Belair, and they are terrific. I am always a fan of when Chris gets to cartoon for us, and he's so good. And I am always a fan of James Robinson and Javier Polito oh my gosh. teaming up on the epic Scarlet Witch adventure, which could only be called Shh, A Whisper. <laughs> it's done... In part, silently, there is like some exposition at the beginning where we find out the Scarlet Witch has come to Spain to a vineyard that is haunted by some horrible spirits. Javier Polito just draws the creepiest, most awesome, most bonkers stuff. And then in order to fight this demon, she has to take a vow of silence, enter the vineyard, and the next few pages, it's all silence. Just pure Javier Polito art. Uh, let me give credit to also... Mutsa Vincente on colors, because uh, that's huge. But yeah, she fights old conquistadors. She tries to free some witches who had been incorrectly sacrificed. Um, not that there's a correct way to sacrifice witches. Uh, <laughs> there's all these creepy things, skeletons and ghosts and shadows and prayer. And then at the end, we get another exposition dump about what she did. But man, this was just a masterclass in drawing and making pictures sing <laughs> and making them speak for the words that are missing. And I gotta give Robinson credit too on the conceit for why it's a silent issue is pretty damn clever. Yeah, and I, you know, he, he did the script and everything and I just, that is, yeah, as you said, it's a masterclass. It's really, really fantastic. Beautiful stuff. Gorgeous. Um, Alright, we've got Spider-Man number three, written by Brian Michael Bendis, art by Sarah Pakeli, with inks by, inking assists by Gaetano Carlucci, and colors by Justin Ponsor. At the end of the last issue, we saw that Miles' grandmother, his maternal grandmother, had come uh, to give him a stern talking to because Miles is being super, super, super Superhero, yeah. and while doing that, his grades are suffering, and his parents ain't having none of that because they're raising a smart kid. And so, Grandma comes in, uh, and she's just yelling at him, hitting him with paper. To be it's, clear, this is Grandma, not Grandmama, the iconic character played by Larry Johnson. I wish it was Grandmama. Oh. Grandmama dunks on Miles Morales, and that is, I would, <laughs> I would read a whole series about Grandmama constantly finding yep. ways to dunk on Miles Morales. That'd be great. Wow, wouldn't be hard for her. She's huge. Oh man. Anyway, she's so. Uh, Miles' grandmother takes his phone. Uh, we also see the relationship between Miles' grandmother and Miles' father, which is Ooh. terrific. Uh, Ten shown. Yes. Do I, is this the first appearance of uh, Marvel Prime Universe Laura Baumgartner? I believe this is the first appearance of Marvel Prime Universe Laura Baumgartner. Yes. So Bombshell, as you may Bombshell. know her from the Ultimate Universe. She's here. Uh, very we knew great. she was here because she was mentioned in an earlier issue. Right. But uh, here she is. Yes. So we get to see her. There's some really cool stuff. Um, Kamala Khan shows up, even though Miles doesn't know uh, Ms. Marvel's real name. There's really adorable, funny interactions between uh, Miles and Kamala and some really cool stuff. Then we get to see some uh, some two other stories developing by the end of this issue, one with Black Cat, and one with the return of a Brian Michael Bendis and our favorite uh, character who shows up that will hopefully be a big part of Spider-Man. Speaking of things we love, that was my last segue. And speaking of it again, here's Spider-Man 2099, number nine, written by Peter David, 
Art by Will Sliney. Colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. If you had any question whether Miguel O'Hara is a very different kind of Spider-Man from Peter Parker, this issue is kind of proof positive that he is a harder-edged Spider-Man. He is an angrier Spider-Man. He doesn't have time for quips because he's too busy kicking your butt. His the love of his life, Tempest, is alive, wants to know why her mother hid this fact from him. So he goes to a bar, he finds Man Mountain Marco, and he goes house on Man Mountain Marco. He just beats the crap out of him, breaks some fingers, gives him a bunch of cuts, until finally, finally, good credit to Man Mountain Marco because he held out for a while, finally gives up the goose. It gets really brutal. Really brutal. Peter David is, man, he's sadistic. Um, but he gives it up. And my Miguel, we just dealt with Miles. He's a different Spider-Man. This is Miguel. He goes and finds Tempest's mom. They have a chat, which involves her throwing energy bolts at him and then talking a lot about what's going on. And meanwhile, as Miguel's dealing with all this, there's a coalition of evil circling around, gathering all his old enemies, getting ready to take him down once and for all. Ooh. Uh, all right, we're on to Spider-Women Alpha. This is... Mm. Uh, we read this a couple weeks ago, right? I didn't get to read it until this week. Ah, I read it a couple weeks ago because yeah, we yeah. got it in a previous stash. We did get it previously. So uh, it's the first part of the Spider-Woman good. event. I remember that. Yeah, written by uh, a story by Dennis Hopeless, Jason Latour, Robbie Thompson, the three writers of Spider-Woman, Spider-Gwen, and Silk, respectively. This issue particularly is scripted by Robbie Thompson, art by Vanessa Del Rey, with colors by Jordi Belair. Uh, but this is a great one to introduce you to Silk, Spider-Woman, or Spider-Woman, a.k.a. Spider-Gwen. Uh, if you are not reading all three books because you get to see their personalities, their quirks, and their dynamics, which are terrific. Uh, this the this is basically uh, Jessica Drew uh, and the other and Gwen and Cindy Moon are gonna go out for brunch and uh, they're gonna go to Gwen's Earth, uh, an alternate universe from our own. Why do they go to Gwen's Earth? Is like the brunch places here just all? They just couldn't figure out where they, to go. They couldn't and figure so out where to go. They're like, oh, maybe Gwen had Applebee's place. is open at our in your world. Applebee, you know, Applebee's now follows me on Twitter. I, why do you think I brought it up? Yeah, you guys just brought that up randomly. Yeah, I know what's going on. What's good in the neighborhood? Mm -hmm. They know it's me. Because we were in Dallas over. The, oh not boy! The week, but the weekend. <laughs> what? We're in Dallas, and Ryan just goes to me, "Hey, Applebee's follows me on Twitter." Twitter. Yeah, because I got I got I saw them pop up, and I was like, I was got a like, little verified. I'm like, oh, I know we were gonna go to Applebee's, but we didn't. We, you know, and we had, we hadn't posted that online or anything. Nope. They just plans. knew. They just knew we were going they Applebee's knew. that night. And then we didn't end up going. We didn't end up going because they went. The boys went without us. Yes, you know that's that, right? True. Okay. Oh yeah, I know. Okay. Well, that, well, that, I, I, you didn't tell me that they were going without us. No, what happened was it was full disclosure it was Daniel's Kazarian. We're going to meet up with AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. And initially, Daniel was like, oh, yeah, do you guys want to come? And I said to him, I was like, are you sure you want us to come? Because I know you guys don't get to see each other as much anymore. So if you want us to hang back, that's cool. He's like, yeah, why don't we take a rain check? And that's why we did Oh, that. okay, okay. Yeah, because when we saw... Um I, when we saw Samoa Joe the next day, he was like, "I." Oh, he, he mentioned like you didn't come out with us or yeah. whatever. I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, just keep it's fine. Space. It's all good." Let yeah, it, yeah. We, we, we we'll get to see who some, we get to see when we get to see time. them. Some other time. Anyway, back in Earth sixty five, they go to Clown Town, Jesse's favorite place. It's a clown themed restaurant that is uh, full of brunch and full of Why good is times. This she was place? really into it yesterday. Really Are you afraid strange. of clowns too? I'm not afraid of clowns. I just think Should it's a little be. strange. And if they had other places to go why did they pick, we don't know what why this, did they pick our universe and why did they go there we don't know what this <laughs> earth is like yeah 
That's we true. don't. We don't know that life. Um, but we we know that they get into some some antics. Mm-hmm. Some stuff happens, and we get to see that Gwen's not as safe and secure as she Ew. thinks. Uh, we get to see uh, a, a version of one character that we had not seen before, a version of someone in her in Gwen's universe that throws uh, a wrench in everything. So it really gets the Spider Woman story rolling in a big way. Meanwhile, over in Uncanny Avengers number eight, written by Jerry Duggan, pencils by Ryan Segman, inks by Old Steggy along with Mark Morales and Dave Micus, colors by Richard Eisenhoff, standoff, Assault on Pleasant Hill is continuing. The Uncanny Avengers, as well as the all-new, all-different Avengers, have been duped. Duped, I say. Wait, dupes in the issue? No, dupe is not in the issue. D-U-P-E-D. Into thinking they're just average Joes and Jills living in Pleasant Hill and going about their business. Can Rogue break free using some cool symbols and training from her past? And if she does, how is she going to free the rest of the team? Is she going to light the Human Torch on fire to prove that he's the Human Torch? Is she going to grab Miss Marvel and pull her out of the sky? Am I just saying things that happen in this issue and pausing them as possibilities? You don't know. But there's something really sad that happens with Deadpool, but he makes it really funny. And when they get Tony Stark, that's the big uh, culmination of everything they've been working to. Also, Dr. Voodoo in a tie. It's great to see Dr. Voodoo in a tie. And maybe more sad than Deadpool's fate, the Vision's fate. This is one of those emotional, heart-wrenching issues. But Jerry Duggan also knows how to pack in the laughs. Don't you know? Yeah, and... uh I love Deadpool yelling at Connecticut. Yep. Because we've I'm all not, been there. I'm not. I went to college there. I'm not a huge fan. Yeah. Not there you go. Um, all right. We've got Uncanny X-Men number six. Two stories in here. The first written by, both written by Colin Bond. First one by, uh, art by Ken Lashley with colors by Nolan Woodard. Ben, when was the last time we saw Ken Lashley? Oh, it's man. It's been a while, I right? saw him uh, on Excalibur back in the 90s. Yeah. But, but it's been a Black, while. He did Black Panther for us a few years ago, but that's still been a while. It's still been a couple years, and it's really good. Great artist. Uh, really cool to see uh, him back on on this book. Uh, we get you know a whole bunch of stuff is going on. This is part of the X Men Apocalypse Wars, big thing that's going on. So it's really about Archangel and some weird stuff that's going on with him because is he he's not all there or is he there where is he what's going on with his mind what's going on with apocalypse what's going on with past present and future uh psylocke is getting all mind crazy we get really cool flashback not flashback but like mind mind back mind back uh, looking at all of angel's uh history which is really cool and definitely very sad Mm -hmm. for all the stuff that he's been through we get to see Sabretooth and m teaming up and their relationship is warming uh, a little bit and they get to they meet up with Callisto which hey, is she's always a delight to see uh, and I explained yesterday to Jesse that Callisto heads up the Morlocks the Morlocks are a group of mutants who hide out in the sewer yep and I I've never understood why the X-Men weren't just like we will build you a really safe place to live on our property you can have everything you want you will not be murdered please come hang out here I mean the Morlocks were a rowdy bunch they weren't necessarily the type you want living next door to you. I would much Property rather... Property values would plummet. The, 
X Men have they take acres. that? Do they like yeah. where they live? Maybe, maybe they're they too proud. They offer? were constantly being murdered. Yeah, but they, they, were, they were a little too, too proud. proud. Yeah. Also, they too proud to beg. They weren't constantly being murdered. They just all got murdered together in one big mutant. Constantly massacre. being murdered. They got murdered. It was in they one, got murdered one in one fell swoop. <laughs> the mutant massacre was named after the murders right. of all the, the Morlocks. The singular murder. And then they were murdered again later. I don't recall that. Yes, the there was more murdering of Morlocks. I don't later. know. I think the Morlocks had it pretty good. Murder, 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 murder. Uh, the second story uh, we have art by uh, Paco Medina and Paco Juan Vlasco. Uh, and that is uh, a little bit of action between Magneto and Zorn, hmm. which is pretty cool. What is up there? Yeah. And what is up in the vision number six, which will conclude our countdown this week? We have a countdown? Yeah. What are we counting down? I just got a little radio in me. Tom King wrote it. Gabriel Hernandez Walta drew it. Jordi Blair colored it. It is creepy and crazy, as all issues of the vision are. This one is framed by basically a narration about a mathematical equation, P versus NP, and how that applies to vision. Uh, it also has the POV of an adorable little dog at the beginning. Something happens to the dog. I was very upset. I, as, you, as, as a, a new, new dog, dog parent, owner, I am... Yeah. I was horrified. He's um, got an adorable dog. The vision. Yes, I have the most adorable dog. I think I saw a picture that you posted on Twitter. Of Why a dog are you stalking me, Jesse? Stop bed. being creepy. But then I was like, Whoa. Yeah, you posted a picture of a big bed. You're looking at my hotel room? It. Cut it out. You're posting it on the internet. <laughs> Anyways, back here in uh, the, Mar the Marvel Universe, Vision is finding out some nasty stuff that has been going on. Uh, he's not too pleased. There's a but we don't really get to see his reaction because we flash forward to the aftermath where his house is just destroyed. What is happening? Yeah, it's like, ugh. And his wife is all creepy. She says they're putting a pool in the back. They are not putting a pool in the back. Well, yeah, you never know. You on. can't say they definitely aren't putting a pool. And then what Vision is doing just creeps me out to no end. Just very graphic stuff. More blood and brain yeah. tissue for Jesse. Yeah, I saw that yesterday. And I don't then, even see it again. Uh, he brings a present for the kids. And a, one part of me was like, oh, that's adorable. The bigger part of me was like, oh, that's an abomination against man. <laughs> what is happening? So this issue's crazy. And then uh, we see finally how the rest of the Marvel Universe feels about the Vision trying to do this insane thing where he builds his own plug-and-play family. And I guess we're going to see... We're not going to see the response next issue because next issue is a special guest art by Michael Walsh, one and done, um, that ties into the larger story. But I would also say read Behold the Letters page because Tom King has some great insight into this character and why he's doing this book. And really funny, too. Really, what, what is, there's a line in here where he says, um, some, a letter writer basically says, like, you know what, I, I always thought of Vision as just a typical superhero flying and announcing, but I'm really enjoying this incarnation of him. And Tom King goes, wow, I can't wait until someday when people say, uh, I like the current vision, but I miss that old, like, dog story mathematical <laughs> equations version of him. So, nice. good stuff. Yes. Uh, we give a shout out to Empress, number one, by Empress. Mark Miller and Stuart Eminent and crew. We don't have the issue. I haven't read it, but it looks freaking gorgeous. It's amazing. And I think it's going to be a movie. Probably. Mark Miller's writing it. Yeah. That's what he does. Blang, blang. Bling, bling, da, da, da. Anyway, Hello. time for our picks of the week. I'm going to go with Scarlet Witch. 
That's that was one of my picks from the original episode. I know. Uh, another one. <laughs> I was going to be my pick regardless, though. It did not nice. swing. It is so good. Black Panther number yep. one is yep, that's is, in my mix. Is my number one, but just a tiny bit behind. Tiny bit is Poe Dameron. Oh, Poe Dameron. Yes. Yes. Nice. So good. good. Also on sale this week in terms of collections, we've got Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, hardcover. Amazing Spider-Man Worldwide Volume 1. Black Panther by Christopher Priest Volume 3. Civil War hardcover. This is a new printing. Daredevil by Frank Miller, Omnibus Companion. Another new printing. Invincible Iron Man Volume 1, reboot. Marvel Universe by John Byrne, Omnibus hardcover. Miss Marvel Volume 2 hardcover. And X-Men Age of Apocalypse, Omnibus new printing. I... Typed those all out yes. by hand, and I didn't. I by wasn't. By hand, right? How else would you type? I have no out? idea. Like but your cane. You could tell. Yeah, yeah. Could do it. There right. you go. Right. Listen right. to that one, smart guy. All right. uh, Sorry, glasses brigade. <laughs> but I, both sides. I was looking at the list on one screen of my computer mm-hmm. and typing into the other monitor mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. not looking. I only made two typos, mm. and I appreciate that you didn't call out that I nope. misspelled Christopher right. or, or Marvel. Because I definitely misspelled both you of those, which are. You're calling yourself out. You I know. Away you, also with that, though, you, you also misspelled. One needs John. to own up their own mistakes. That's true. You also That's misspelled true. John. I did? Yeah. Where? Which one? John Byrne. Oh, Juhan. Juhan. That's Byrne. great. That's a great, that's a great one. I misspelled Juan. three of the easiest yep. words to, to spell. Okay. That is fantastic. But you spelled omnibus correctly yeah. every time it was used. Every time. So there you go. And I was just, I was doing one of these where I'm. It's yeah, great. no one can see what you're doing. Nope. Digital comics on sale this week. Everything we just mentioned, as well as Amazing Spider-Man and Silk, The Spider-Fly Effect, Infinite Comic Number Six, Daredevil Punisher, Seventh Circle, Infinite Comic Number Three, and Marvel Universe Avengers Infinite Comic Number Six. Also on sale on the Marvel app this week, we've got Amazing Spider-Man 405 through 406, Black Panther 57 and 58, Fantastic Four 288 through 299, Incredible Hulk 240 through 268, Incredible Hulk Number 33 from the 1999 series, Iron Man 11 through 20 and 23 through 35, New Warriors 62 and 63, 64 from the 1990 series, Spectacular Spider-Man from 1976 to 28 through 229, Spider-Man Team Up from 1995, Spider-Man 62 and 63 from 1990 series, Spider-Man Unlimited number 10, Thor 260 through 274 as well as number 370, Web of Spider-Man 128 and 129. And then a trifecta of World War Hulks, issue number one of that main series, plus Spider-Man and Thor 1 through 2, and Wolverine and Captain America 1 and 2, as well as X-Women number one. Digital collections on sale on the app. We've got Amadeus Cho, Genius at Work, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Black Panther by Christopher Priest, The Complete Collection, Volume 3, Invincible Iron Man, Volume 1, Reboot, Moon Knight, Volume 5, Down South, Patsy Walker, Hellcat, Silver Surfer, In Thy Name, Spider-Man, The Complete Clone Saga, Epic Book 5, and What If Classic Volume 3. All right. Freshly digitized on the Marvel Unlimited app this week, we've got uh, an Avengers Alliance digital comic that is in there. Uh, Marvel Universe uh, Avengers Assemble Infinite Comic number 6, and Deadpool and Cable Split Second Infinite Comic number 1. You've got 1602 Witch Hunter Angela number four all new all different avengers number zero marvel universe uh all new all different marvel universe point one number one 
or point one point one. I don't know. Whatever. I don't know anymore. And then we're starting to get into those post Secret Wars books. So if you're starting to catch up, you want to know what's going on. We've got Amazing Spider-Man number one, Contest of Champions number one, Doctor Strange number one, Invincible Iron Man number one. We've got Darth Vader number ten, Groot number five, Journey to Star Wars: The Force Awakens, Star Wars: Shattered Empire. No. The best book name we published all year number two uh lando number five marvel universe guardians of the galaxy number one old man logan number five secret wars number six siege number four that's a secret wars tie-in dr voodoo the origin of jericho drum Ooh, that's a good one yeah dr doom and the masters of evil which is a cool all ages limited series three issues of that You've got Captain America, Theater of War, America the Beautiful. That's a Paul so Jenkins, beautiful. Gary Erskine book, mm-hmm. which very cool. Uh, cool two Civil War books uh, from the old school, from the original Civil War. We've got the Civil War Files, yep. which is the uh, the handbook, and the Civil War Sketchbook, opening shot, which gets you a lot of cool art. We've got New Mutants number 60, which is a Fall of the Mutants issue. Lots of cool old Doctor Strange stuff. So you got Doctor Strange... Uh, I believe four, three, yeah, one through 12 from the 1974 Doctor Strange series. We get a bunch of issues of Vampire Tales, which is really cool, old, uh, it was like magazine sized, I believe, probably black and white. Uh, horror stories, so a lot of Morbius action up in here. Uh, it's like about eight issues of that. And then we get a uh, bunch of Adventures into Fear issues featuring Man-Thing. So uh, another... Get your Man-Thing out. Hmm, uh, about ten issues of that. And then uh, issues 180 through 183 of Doctor Strange, uh, which has a lot of eternity and weirdness. And what was up with Doctor Strange and that mask... He just wanted to have a superhero costume for a little while. That's it? Yeah, pretty much. It was, well, I mean, the idea, the practical idea from Marvel was Doctor Strange looks more like a superhero, he'll sell more. And I think in story he just had some wonky explanation of like, oh, I'm more powerful now, I better put a mask on. He wasn't like hiding his identity or anything, though. That's so weird. Just ornamental. Purely ornamental. Huh. Well, hey, to each their own. Whoever wants to be superhero, good for them. Yep. Um, all right. Time for some news. Right. All news. sorts of news this week. Uh, breaking comic stuff. Some cool stuff we had. We had some great sketchbooks, as we always do. We had a Captain America sketchbook from Paul Renoir that was beautiful. And then we just today, or yesterday, posted a Thunderbolt sketchbook from John Mallon. And I know a lot of people are curious how that book's going to look, so check it out. Over in games in Marvel Heroes 2016, Electra was added as the newest playable character. You can play her both as herself and all, well, her classic costume, as well as a new costume inspired by Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Very cool. Uh, if you're not subscribed to it, definitely check out the, or if you even if you are, check out the Women of Marvel podcast. They did a great episode with Tanahasi coats uh talking about the voices of marvel and expanding a whole bunch of really cool things um we follow the history of the hulk uh still rolling on with that we see some new toys new statues spider gwen and some cool stuff from captain america civil war uh there's still some uh voting going on for disney infinity 3.0 marvel battlegrounds i think we're uh, in the finals right? yeah we're right in the finals it's uh vision versus Cap. vision versus captain america yes. if you love america speak now or don't or 
Don't. Yeah. Uh, Strami, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger heading to Freeform, mm. but that was big news this mm. week. Um, lots of Captain America Civil War stuff coming up, including the world premiere red carpet next week, and lots of things happening there. Doctor Strange trailer is on the way. It's coming. Oh my gosh, there's so much, guys. Go to marvel.com slash news for all of this and, and plenty, more. plenty So more. much more. Yes. Uh, but let's kick it over to Strami and the Wolfman so they can give us their side. Strami and the Wolfman already have their own theme song. It's the West Coast, Strami and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, Strami and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, Strami and the Wolfman. It's the West Coast, baby. Hello there this week in Marvelites. This is Marvel.com editor Mark Strom, joined by someone who wants to have no fun in life whatsoever, does not appreciate joy, just sits there all wearing black, crying in the corner because he's so joyless. Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Kavanaugh for another thrilling installment of the Strommy and the Wolfman show, starring that crying, crying Wolfman and Strommy. That is like 80% accurate. <laughs> Well, we got going on this week in Marvel. We had a new episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a very mind-bendy, space-timey episode in which Daisy saw visions of the future, sought to make sure they didn't happen, and I won't spoil it for you because maybe some of you guys haven't listened to it yet, but it's a very good episode. If you haven't seen it yet, you should definitely check it out. We chatted with series executive producer and the co-writer of that episode, Jed Whedon, uh, about sort of the rules of time and the research that went into that episode and creating the, the drama and the tension behind it. Very good interview. You should check that out on This Week in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, we got, we got a new episode coming up next Tuesday at 9, 8 central on ABC. Um, and... We will, uh, we'll, 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 the, this episode we learn a lot more about Malik's past. That's what goes on next week. Uh, that, did I ever say Tuesday night Central on ABC? Yes. All right, well, that's when it is. Um, and we'll have some clips for that coming up. We'll be posting another couple of interviews. I'm hopefully getting the interview with uh, Chloe Bent and Brett Dalton up, as well as an interview with Ming-Na Wen up. Those should be going in the next couple days. You should be able to read those. We post our favorite quotes, as always, from this week's episode. Check those out on Marvel.com. And I think that's kind of it for the world of television this week. Other than animated series, which you'll hear all about in just a few moments. That's true. That's true. Stay tuned for that, for uh, Patrick talking with Harrison. Uh, and moving on to the world of film... Uh, we announced that there's a lot of big stuff going on next week on Jimmy Kimmel Live. It's like Marvel's Superhero Spectacular Week. On Monday, we have Team Cap stopping by Jimmy Kimmel Live. On Tuesday, we've got Bandit Cumberbatch, who will be bringing the exclusive debut of the first trailer for Doctor Strange with him. On Wednesday... We've got Team Iron Man will be dropping by the Jimmy Kimmel Live show. And then on Thursday, Chris Hemsworth, Thor himself, will be there because he's got a movie coming out, The Huntsman. So you'll be able to see it's not exactly a Marvel thing, but he's still a Marvel guy. So, hey. He's still marvelous. He's still marvelous. So you can check out all that stuff going on. And then 
There's some other stuff going on next week that I don't know if we can talk about yet. Can we? Can we? Uh, I mean, I think, uh, go to twitter.com slash Marvel for anything we might have missed. Yeah, let's say that. Let's say that. Let's say go to twitter.com slash Marvel for anything that we might have missed. Or at Marvel on Twitter is, you know, just follow at Marvel on Twitter. That's, I think that's how people phrase that, Patrick. Um... Let me think, let me think. Those are some big announcements in film. Oh, we also, as you are listening to this, we just released the first featurette from Captain America Civil War. Of course, we'll have lots of those coming up because that movie is, well, as we're recording this, is exactly one month away. As you're listening to this, it's one month minus a day away. Whatever that could be. What, yeah, we'll have 30 days. Is it 30? September, April, June, and November. Yeah, 30 days. No, 29 days. 29 days away. Four weeks away. We are very close. Let's not quibble. Um, yeah. So check that out. YouTube, Marvel.com. Of course, all the Captain America uh, social handles. At Captain America on Twitter. Captain America on Facebook. What else you got for me, Patrick? Nothing. Really? Yeah. I suppose most of your time has been spent prepping stuff for next week, the last few days. Whatever it could be that is potentially going on next week that we may or may not be able to talk about. Yeah. Slash, maybe we have talked about it. I don't think... Mm, by the time you listen to this. Yeah, probably by the time you listen to this, but I'm not... Probably. Go go, go to the Twitter, tweeter.com slash Marvel. Check it out. Um, I mean, should we, should we just, like, wrap this, like, nice and sweet? It's only been five minutes, Patrick. Yeah, I think before coming in here, we said, let's make it short and sweet. All right. Well, we're going out on halftime. Uh, you know what? I think we're actually supposed to pick a TWIM URC for two weeks what? from now. Because I think uh, Ben and Ryan finally did theirs of New Warriors this week. So we will uh, we'll figure that out. We'll get you something. Yeah. Maybe, we'll, it'll be, maybe it'll be three weeks from now. We'll cook something up. Anyway. As always, thank you all for listening. Uh, we will talk to you again in seven more days. Until then, have a splendid first weekend, a splendid first hour week. And as always, I apologize for that mopey, mopey, mopey sad sack, the Wolfman. Hello out there, this week in Marvel. This is Marvel.com assistant editor Patrick Cavanaugh, and I am joined by... Harrison Wilcox. As well as... Marsha Griffin. And we are here to talk to you about... Everything new in Marvel Animation. We're also in the cartoon kitchen. Or the kitchen cartoons. The We took the show on the road. <laughs> we took the show on the road, down the hallway, to the kitchen. We just liked, you know, we're really trying to find our groove, so we like to be really experimental yeah. with where we record the podcast. Yeah. We're also, Harrison's not wearing pants. That's the... Well, that's a, a rule he has in the kitchen. Oh, right. That's true. At is, home or at work. Is that he has a hard time not uh, uh, ruining his pants when he's trying to cook something in the kitchen. That is actually true. That is. <laughs> or ruining my pants while I'm podcasting. <laughs> that, those are two things that he tends to uh, just get a little mad. Messy. It's messy. There, I think it was two or three weeks ago uh, when Harrison, when your wife was out of town, and you mentioned that you were, you know, cooking breakfast in the morning. That two days in a row, you got egg on your pants. On your pants. No, two two pants in a row. 
Yeah, two separate pants in, in a row. one moment. Yeah. Oh, in one wait. I in was one moment. Cooking the egg. Yeah. Splattered for my son. Yeah. Changed my pants and then noticed and then, in the podcast that I'd done it again somehow with oh, the new pants. Oh wow. That's hard to do. So two eggs. That's a twofer. Two eggs, two pants, like one morning. <laughs> it's a, it's the Denny special. Oh yes. Uh, <laughs> moons over my pantsy. Hair, hairy pantsy. Hair, short for Harrison. Anyways, so enough of how terrible Harrison is at wearing pants while being in kitchens. Uh, we're, we're mostly here to talk about what's new in Marvel animation. So this week at 8 a.m., we have a brand new episode of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, who, who feels more compelled to talk about what could be going on this week for the Guardians? I don't. But, okay, all right, uh, Harrison, it's on I, you. I, but I will. Uh, because because I actually wrote this episode. But you heard it here first, I folks. Did. I well, did. Marcia, before she before worked. Before I worked. Uh, oh really? Before well, I was clearly working for these people because they <laughs> right. paid me to write yeah. the script. Yeah. Because if she wrote this one after she started working here, wow. she wouldn't be working here. Anymore. I wouldn't be working oh, here. Oh boy. Yeah. So before I were started working here full time, I was a freelance writer and did three episodes of Guardians of the Galaxy. Cool. So this is the. Um, this is the one that starts off the war between Spartax and Asgard. Um, so it's part one of a two-parter. And, uh, you know, basically, uh, war, you know, war starts to, the, the foundation, the seeds of war are laid out and shenanigans ensue. Oh, shenanigans and tomfoolery. Yep. That's, that's what I love on yep. these animated series. Uh, so, and it's good. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. The fact that your name attached to it yeah, implies yeah, exactly, goodness. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and, and for all of our listeners, you know, like, a lot of people obviously want to know how they can get involved in the biz, if you will. That's short for business. Oh, oh that's what it's that's short what, Yeah, for. when wow. people I say didn't biz, know I did short not for know business. That. didn't. Uh, and so you mentioned you wrote this as a freelancer. Uh-huh. So was it Marvel reached out to you because they'd been familiar with your work and you'd worked with them before? Or did you come up with this idea and kind of pitch it to them? And No, that's that's really not how... That, it doesn't work that way for most animated series. Right. Well, it's, you have to have somebody who knows you. So whether or not you've gone in and met with the executives before, just as a general meeting... Or in this case, which is 99% how it happens, um, the story editor, Marzi, Marty Eisenberg, and I are old friends. We have both, we both worked as, he's now story editor of the series, but we both worked as freelance writers. Um, I've story edited other series in the past, and I hired him. And then when he would get a job, he would hire me. So right. that's kind of how we all sort of work together. Cool. So he... Got, he got the job over here at Marvel, and he called me to see if I would write for him, and uh, so I did. So, for all you freelancers looking to break into Marvel, just befriend Marty, Marty Eisenberg. Yeah, call be him friends up. with Marty just Eisenberg. call him up, and then when, when the time comes, he will hire you. That's yeah. a surefire way. That's, That's the right. path most of us take. Here's the, here's the key. Be nice to people. Yes, yes. Always a good... A good rule of thumb if they when it comes can hire to wanting it. Yeah. yeah, if they can hire you, be nice to them because that's how this stuff happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, Guardians is not the only new animated series we have. It's not? Because no, 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 no. Uh, the buck does not stop there. The buck? I don't think that, that's right. I don't think that applies Probably to this not. situation. Uh, at 8.30 a.m. on Disney XD, we have a brand new episode of Marvel's Avengers Ultron Revolution. What's happening this week with the Avengers? Oh, it's me again. Uh, yeah. 
Don't all... Guys, okay. guys, calm down. Don't all talk at once. I know. Uh, okay. The Avengers... Okay, in this episode, uh, the Avengers uh, are basically out to stop Justin Hammer's new weapons factories. But um, they're, so that's their mission. But uh, a new group appears on the scene called the Thunderbolts. And Uh-oh. we don't know if they're... They basically going to help us or mess things up. So that's kind of where we are, but it's the have Thunderbolts. We, have we seen the Thunderbolts in uh, Marvel Animation prior to this? I Harrison is either shaking his head so. no, or I, I mean, have no idea. We've seen versions of the Thunderbolts before. For example, on USM Season 3, Taskmaster's team uh, of uh, Cloak and Dagger and Vulture, they were uh, his Thunderbolts. Oh, right, yeah. This is a completely different, different. version. Yeah. That's so true. in this particular version, no, we have not. This this lineup, this roster, this if roster, you will. yes. Uh, so no. Cool. So it's a yeah. That's what we're doing. This, this one week. is a so. lot closer to the comics. Ooh. This version. For for all of you out there who read comics, sounds like this might be up your alley. This is for you. If any of you out there read comic books, for all a billion of you. Uh, I mean, here's a question: not to put either of you on the spot. But since you're so entrenched in the world of Marvel, do you guys personally have time to read comic books? I've time to do nothing, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, very little time, but I do. I have a 20-month-old at home. I you have, have a 20-month-old? I don't. And a full-month job. You do not have no, a 20-month-old at home. Try- how if, no, I, can't, I can't figure out how many months my husband is, but <laughs> <laughs> other than that, I was trying to. Uh, I cannot do that math. I'm sure he'll, he'll be happy that uh, I can't you do spared that. Yeah, I can't do that comment. math. Um, but I do. I don't do it as much as I'd like to. I don't do it as much as I should, technically. But with the shows going on and the scripts and all this, you know, between... All the different shows. It's yeah. hard. It's hard to do that, but I, I do try and do it. And then we are lucky enough to be in the world of Marvel, where even if you aren't explicitly reading a comic book, just being around so many different creative people who are either in the world of comics or animation or movie or TVs, right. we still right. are Marvel. pretty much living and breathing Marvel all the We time. know exactly yeah. what's going on in all the publishing lines, in games. We are, we're aware of all the storylines, and uh, when we can, we grab a copy of what's going on in Daredevil or X-Men or Avengers. So we're... We're joking when we're saying we're too busy, but we do. We do actually read the comics that we make the shows based on. Yes. Uh, And we have yet another brand new episode of Marvel's Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. What's going on this week with Spider-Man? Well, this week, uh, as viewers will know, Nick Fury has been missing in action. He was injured in the season opener and Nova flew him off and no one knows where they are. And uh, Spider-Man and Dr. Connors have sort of been left in charge of S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy. Uh, and they get a, uh, a beacon, uh, a distress call from a secret S.H.I.E.L.D. facility. Uh-oh. Uh, and they go to investigate. And along the way, they uh, will encounter uh, a couple of familiar faces. Uh, and coming out of this episode, we will... Uh, see a new member of the Sinister Six. I know people have been counting at home how many members we're at, but this will be a new member added to... Uh, how many numbers are we at? Where I believe the fans 
online are around <laughs> three. Okay. Wait, we have three fans online? Is that no, what you're saying? Three members of Sister Six. Oh, okay. I was going to say three. It, it That's a it lot. It debates up to five. They're not, there's some debate online, but this is definitely, by the end of this episode, you will be able to check mark another member of Sister Six onto the roster. So. Is uh, it me? <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, so, so you're saying we have three, like, guaranteed members according to fans but there are two members that fans are a little unsure of there's some debate on what the status of certain characters is for example recently we had uh, uh, anti-venom Harry Osborn uh, and it's tough to know if he's like a permanent member of what will become right comatose in a healing cell at Oscorp at the end of the episode. Who knows when he's going to wake up, if he's going to wake up. Uh, can you tell fans what the number should be as of right now? No. Because you can't count that high or because you don't want to? I don't want to. You don't I want to. like seeing uh, fans having different different interpretations of, uh, of the clues we're putting out there. All will be revealed. There will be a full roster of Sinister Six at the end of the day. But I like seeing... At the end of what day? At the, at the end of the day. A just day. the day? A day. <laughs> at the, the end of the a day. day. The day. At the end of the day when the buck stops. When the buck stops. <laughs> at the end of the day. Uh, when all is said and done. So, you heard it here first. You will not get any answers from Harrison Wilcox just, on... Just so everyone knows, we're in a, it, we are indeed in the Marvel kitchen, and it was just mopped. So we actually have to keep talking and can't leave until the floor is dry. And that's 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 the thing is like we were told to come in here to prevent anyone from yes, entering are, the kitchen. We are living traffic cones. We are mo- exactly. We are. we are monitoring. We are human. Cuidado. The true purpose uh, of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. This is why the podcast exists. Cuidado. Keep the floors clean. Cuidado. Uh, well, make sure. You all tune in this Sunday for brand new episodes of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel's Avengers, Ultron Age Revolution, <laughs> Age of Ultron Revolution, and Ultron Marvel's Revolution. Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six. I don't know why, ever since uh, we, we it became known as Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six, every single time I say that versus, I think way too hard about having to say that word. Okay, good story. Good story. Mm. Signing off from the Cartoon Kitchen. <laughs> so, make sure you all cartoon in this Sunday to Disney XD. And we're back. And we are going to go into some This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club action featuring New Warriors. Not necessarily the New Warriors a lot of you guys might be expecting. I, of course, picked this one for a few reasons. Um, The original New Warriors, which debuted back in 1990 and ran for a solid half decade or more, was by Fabian Nicieza, Mark Bagley, later Derek Robertson, uh, later some other creators were involved like Evan Skolnick, and it was my comics bible as a kid it was my favorite comic book i loved the stories they were telling about hard choices about changing about growing up and it was great who did you most associate with was it nova or it was nova yeah but um I, yeah it was nova just because everyone else felt like they had it together 
Um, the thing I always liked about Nova speedball, was... Speedball? Really? Speedball. Even Speedball seemed like he knew what was up. Nova always seemed like he had one foot in the team and one foot between wanting to be his own man. And I guess for me as a kid, I always felt like, you know, I was kind of searching for a place to belong. There was always like, different groups. That's what I always liked about Nova and why I related to him more than I related to, say, Spider-Man. Because to me, Spider-Man was an outsider for sure, but he also had this thing he was really good at in science. What I liked about Nova was he wasn't... Good at anything? He wasn't bad at anything, but he wasn't, like, exceptional at anything. Uh-huh. He was just an all-around dude, and that's how I really came to associate. But I liked all the new Warriors characters. I liked Marvel Boy, Justice. Um, I really... Namorita was one of, one of my favorites. I could even say I associated with her sometimes more than anyone. Um, but they were all great. So... This is not That New Warriors, (laughs) in part because That New Warriors is not on Marvel Unlimited yet. Um, Hopefully that's an addition we'll be making sometime in the near future. This New Warriors was a New Warriors limited series that was launched in 2004. Um, It ended up being indirectly the lead-in to Civil War, which is one reason I chose it. But really I just wanted to read it because I've never read it before. Because when it came out, I was so... um, these are not my new warriors that I refuse to even go anywhere near it. Ah. I didn't want to. I didn't want to know what had been done to the characters, um, and it's by two very talented guys, by Zeb Wells and Scotty Young, both doing kind of. I think their first Marvel work. No, Scotty had Scotty done, done. Scotty had done plenty of stuff, right, right, but right. this was a this was a good project. Yeah, uh, this is he sunk his teeth through. It's, it's early Scotty Young. Um, and early Zeb Wells. I don't know if it's debut of Zeb Wells either. Uh, yeah, I'm not. The might have been closer to Zeb's earlier work uh, than it was to Scott. The whole concept here is basically taking the New Warriors characters and then changing everything about them because the premise is they're a reality TV series. And what got to me is that even though it, as a fan of the New Warriors, it drove me nuts when it came out and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I think about today in some of our best books, like take Hawkeye for example. If you look at Hawkeye, everyone agrees that you know Hawkeye that Matt and David did was brilliant, but it was it had an element in the heart of the Hawkeye that had come before. But it was certainly you know it was not him in costume out shooting a bunch of arrows and catching bad guys and celebrating with Mockingbird and stuff like that. It was a very different take on Hawkeye. I'm not trying to well I'm I'm not trying to compare this to that because I think Hawkeye is a very special book. But it occurred to me that if I was a fan of Hawkeye, I might feel the same way about that reinvention that I did about the New Warriors reinvention, and if I did, I'd miss a very good book. So I think nowadays we try this more often, even looking at The Vision, which we did this week. The Vision's not a superhero book now, it's this kind of weird family dynamics book. So this was the, this was taking the New Warriors, who weren't doing anything anyways, and taking another shot at them. What I, when I read it, what I was pleased to discover alongside Scotty's art was Zeb actually works a lot of the old New Warriors continuity in. He has little shout-outs, different villains that they were involved with, relationships on the team. He takes a lot of the time to be self-referential because it's a comedy book. It's them traveling around in Winnebago with new members like Microbe, who's this big dude who can talk to germs. So Microbe was totally new. Totally new. Uh, Debris, who can telekinetically control trash. She's completely new. <laughs> Jesse, and, if you had to choose between those two powers, where do you go? Yeah, talk to germs or manipulate trash. Manipulate trash. Oh, That's I don't know. pretty funny. Microbe seems to have some pretty impressive abilities in this. Yeah, but, but like, think about how, what that power would do living in New York City. Mm. You can manipulate the trash yeah, to you... go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> 
to not go with the wind all over the place. Certainly, you could you could be in high demand. It is a problem. But yeah, I don't know. There was just clever stuff like this. I could really see. You know, it, it definitely was not my new warriors book, but there was something really fun about it and trying to do something different and. It wasn't long for this world. It had these six issues, and then New Warriors headed into Civil War, and we know what happened there. What happened? Uh, we'll get to it when we cover Civil War in the near future. Um, but it was just cool. It was a cool chance to read it, and I guess the lesson for me is if you're a fan of something and you are set in your ways about what it is, don't be afraid to give a new take a shot because it still honors the characters you had in your mind and gives them something to do, gives them more exposure. So I waited 12 years to read New Warriors. If I had read it at the time, it would have had, you know, maybe a little bit more support, at least one more person reading it. So, in the future I'm going to try to, you know, read everything. Keep an open mind. Yes. Uh, the the art here is so cartoony. So cartoony. It's so good. Like, yeah. Scotty is kind of, in these last you know, 11, 12 years, has become something amazing like he's a uh, one of comics biggest you know names yeah but here he was not that but here he was it's a fully formed amazing artist yep. doing something but it looks very different from his stuff today yes it, it looks very different but it's also unique it's got a very you know uh authoritative voice for who he is and what he was putting out there and it it just pops yep. it's such an exciting book and zeb writing it it's so funny like that's Zeb's thing he's a, he's very, a funny. very funny writer he's I'm pretty sure doing television now he's yep. not writing comics as far as I know we wish he was writing more comics but yeah. he's mostly writing TV mostly writing TV um, it's just it's really really fun uh, you get characters like the uh, uh, the super apes yep uh, the super apes get a whole issue devoted to kind of expanding their characters which is just terrific. Uh, yeah, there's goofy stuff all around, and it, it's there's a whole goofy subplot about Sigmund Freud. Um, Sigmund Freud's in the book, number one, as as normal. <laughs> and Sigmund Freud trying to defeat Nova by convincing him that he's trying to overcompensate. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's some good stuff. It's really really fun. Uh, it was a great pick. Yeah, so enjoy it, guys. It's something different, something outside the wheelhouse. Let's see what you guys thought of it beginning with DJ Fanko, who says, It's time to read The New Warriors Lead the Civil War by Scotty Young and Zeb Wells. I expect this series to end with a bang. Well, not quite, because that happened in the main book, but I, I know what you're going for. I collected the 1990 series, and it appears some of the cast remains the same. For now. The idea of a superhero reality show is probably the best reality show idea from the last 16 years. Having worked for a major continental broadcasting system before... These execs feel spot on. Mm. Now, that was another big part of it was kind of the struggle between being superheroes and being reality TV stars and the secrets that Night Thrasher was keeping of why they're doing this show. That was all interesting stuff and dealing oh. with the network execs trying to get it on. It was really funny, like, the things that they have to do in order to, like, stay on mm -hmm. and, you know, like, yeah, the concessions they have to make and the compromises to do all the things. It, was, it, was very, it, it felt like it was a real thing but also very funny at the same yeah. time. The comics industry and television have got to be very close in their operational methodology. If a show or comic doesn't have a large enough following or a strong enough ad revenue, hashtag follow the money, it seems it'll get canceled. The reasoning is justified but sad. 
true. Well, yeah, but I mean, think about it. It's not like that's a new thing. Uh, no, it's, back it's back in the olden Renaissance days, like people were artists were able to do what they were doing because they were commissioned by sure. very rich people, and sure. they were like, "Hey, make this 16th chapel or whatever it is, and uh, we'll give you some some cash money." Art and, lover Panagos, and that there. guy's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna sit on this bench and I'm gonna draw upside down," and then he drew, you know, like male junk, right? This is All my interpretation of, of art back of art, then. Yeah. yeah. Art loving Panagos. Yes. So it, it's all the same. I felt Zeb Wells' writing was great and Scotty Young's art was well matched. As such, the series seemed gone too soon. Not sure if it was written that way or if I had that hindsight perspective from the explosive opening of Civil War. Really trying to get as many action verbs in here as we can. I'm just glad I didn't have to slog through six issues of Robbie as penance. Oh. I mean, yeah, that was an intro. That was a, a a really big character turn for yeah. uh, for Robbie after Civil yep. War. As fun as the opening issue was, and quirky as the adversaries seem, I applaud Zeb Wells for innovative use of the Corruptor. His feel the burn reminded me of a certain candidate, but the motivation seemed very different. The spelling errors in the contract at the end of issue six clearly made Night Thrasher sad. Um, can we ask Greg Pan? Marvel lawyer, right? Whether that spine error means legendary colorist Patty Cockrum Greer is now on the hook. So there's some some little fun in gags in this wow. letter, I guess, wow. that I didn't notice at all. Also, is it just me or did the costumes look like those '90s era Shi'ar mining suits by Joe Mandarera? I could see that. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Maybe it's just the inverted triangles on the shoulders and the color motif. If only there was a fashion expert around. If only. If only. If, if only. only. But I have no idea what he's talking. Yeah, about. if only our fashion expert <laughs> read the stuff we were covering. Yeah, yeah, if only our fashion expert were born when most of the comics yeah. we're talking about yeah. were around. Uh, all right, Penelope Cat says, New to me or see is New Warriors miniseries by Zeb Wells and Scotty Young. This will be my first time reading this. Issue one, gotta admit, I'm always a sucker for stories about small towns in the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, I'm a sucker for the way that uh, Scotty drew Armadillo. Yep. Particularly drew Armadillo. great Armadillo. Yeah, really great. Uh, he said, when did Namorita start looking like the princess from Disney's Atlantis movie, uh, which character designs by Mike Mignola? Well, what I like here is in the in the series they kind of address it by not addressing it. Like they'll say, "Why'd you get the?" Ta-? There's a reason she has her tattoos. When her skin's blue again, she's just kind of like, "Don't ask me about it." Like I don't want to talk about it. She's going through some yeah, stuff. She's going through some stuff. So and that's fine. We kind of get an explanation, but we kind of don't, which yeah. works. Um, Penelope Gat says, I think I read the first New Warrior series, but I don't remember for how long. Was that by Nicesia, Nicesia and Bagley? Nicesia. Um I remember there was a joke in an old issue of X-Men where someone asked the editor how you pronounce Nicesia, and he goes, it's pronounced just like it's spelled, rumpel-stilt-skin. <laughs> um, I still remember that to this day. Uh, yeah, the first volume of New Warriors, the first 25 issues were by Nicesia and Bagley. The second 25 issues were by Nicieza and Derek Robertson and then after that Richard Pace took over as artist for a few issues Patrick Zercher was on there as art uh, Evan Skolnick took over as writer and it went up to issue 75 wow yep uh, and then I think I canceled and I wrote a letter to Marvel Vision ooh and it got published you did? yeah I never knew that oh yeah I said well, what bugged me is I said it was basically me writing um, and saying why was New Warriors canceled it was consistently in the Wizard Top 100 <laughs> But and it was like above all these other books that got canceled, and then um, but they there was a there's a typo when they printed it in there. It said it was always in the Wizard Top Ten, which it clearly was not. No, ever. 
Um, but Fabian DC has read, read my letter and he sent me some free comics. Aww. So it was all good. That's great. Uh, Penelope Cat says, Loving the early Scotty Young art. He was great then and has just gotten so much better over the years. Mm-hmm. Issue three, the posters in Robbie's room are a harbinger of Scotty Young's future fame as a cover artist. Yes. He says, I appreciate that this series hit the ground running and waited until the this issue to fill in the backstory. Right, that's number three. three where yeah. they kind of tell you everything that was going on. That's yep. where you get a lot of little in-jokes and whatnot. Yep. He says, I wish I could believe the network execs were exaggerated for comedic effect, but more likely they were downplayed. Uh... You be the judge. He says, uh, Penelope Cat says, thought I saw some Umberto Ramos influence in Scotty Young's art, so I looked up some interviews. Um, he says, I didn't see Young mention Ramos as an influence, but he does cite Chris Pashalo. I can see that, especially in the faces here. Sure. But, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a very similar time period to be influenced by uh, Ramos and Mad and Pashalo yeah. and all that. And so, and, and definitely. Um, Penelope Cat says in issue number five, so... New Ponder moved from Minnesota to Michigan between issues, I guess. I guess. Sure. So forgot to mention, I like the introduction of Debris in issue four. Possibly the first time it was okay for a new member to feel forced. <laughs> Did Leonardo da Vinci always look so much like Gandalf? Yeah, that's history, son. Yeah, that's believe just it. Truth. Uh, he says in issue six, the news of the episode order cut to six feels like more than just a plot element from the comic, art imitating life. Um, uh, yeah, wasn't here. Yeah, we. This was just before us. Just before. Yeah. It says overall the series was a lot of fun. I always love stories that show quote unquote life on the ground in the Marvel universe. In tone, this reminded me a lot of Damage Control, mm, which I mean praise. as a compliment. Yeah. That's one of my favorite series. Yeah. You. It's I good definitely. Comparison. Very good comparison. It says Damage Damage Control may have been the first series I read that showed how regular people view the heroes of the Marvel universe. This version of New Warriors feels very much in keeping with that theme. It made me smile and it makes me said knowing what's ahead mm. oh. RCST finishes up saying time to start reading New Warriors been a while since joining URC welcome back okay one page in and this is the most amazing idea for a comic TV superhero launch I have seen and then finally so is that pizza cheese flying through the air with speedball after he's punched out the door yes correct yeah all right, guys, thanks for uh, enjoying this edition of the Unlimited Reading Club. The next edition is going to be done by the boys out west. I spoke to Stromy earlier today. and It is going to be four classic issues featuring Nick Fury, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., as done by Jim Steranko. Oh, awesome. So that should be a hoot. We should have done it first. Yeah, we did. should have done it long ago. Yeah. So anyways, classic Steranko S.H.I.E.L.D. coming up. Very cool. Uh, all right, so apologies for this episode coming in late, but we've we've made the best of it. We've battled through as many adverse. I think it's better than yesterday's. Whoa. Well, I'm I'm awake for this episode. <laughs> exactly. And I'm yeah. here. Yeah, and Ben is here. Yeah. yeah. There you it's go. It's hard without Ben. Yeah. Yep. And you you didn't have to talk as much, which That's makes it much true. better. Yep. That's true. That's yeah. true. I didn't have to like, look at it. so many gross pictures of yep. blood and guts. Maybe next time. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> uh, on that note, this is Marvel, your universe. Thank you.